The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Stay on, while light in the world, you can see it burn. Such a scream. 
little blast from the past there. A little, little Michael Hutchins the and the, uh, the In Excess boys. Yep. Aust- Australian? Yes. All right. All right. Yes, True Blue Australians. And I don't know what I like most about that song. Is it the guitar? Is it the harmonica? Is it the, the throbbing bass and, and rhythms? I don't know. I just mm, like it. Like it all. I just like it all. All of the above. All of the above. Very nice. And that, of course, was Suicide Blonde by In Excess. That was a hit on their hands in 1990 off of the album entitled X. All right. And as a matter of fact, it won the Grammy that year for the best rock performance by a group or duo. I can see that. Right? I can see that. And yeah. then almost immediately picked up by Victoria's Secret. Um, <laughs> All right. Because, yeah, nothing adds legitimacy to your song about hot broads. <laughs> quite like the hot broads walking down a... Victoria's yeah. Secret. <laughs> yeah. They don't apparently have the impact that they used to. You remember the cal- the, the catalog, rather? Yes. And yes. how big that used to be? It doesn't, yep. doesn't carry as much weight anymore, unfortunately. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Yes. Sad times. But, hey, before we progress, <laughs> I want to throw something out here that uh, will have a, a monster impact on both of us, I'm quite sure, and Uh-oh. pretty much everybody we know. Uh, according to a recent report from the Canadian Institute for Substance Use, an analysis of over 100 studies conducted over the last 40 years has concluded that moderate drinking has no health benefits whatsoever. Aww. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I immediately poured all my alcohol down the drain and said, you know, I'm done with this. Time for a new hobby. You know, it just... Uh, uh Yeah, that's like <laughs> such a big nothing burger. I have trouble wrapping my brain around it. I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody that actually drinks moderately for the health benefits? Well, does that include wine? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, wine is like chocolate, and every year they come out with a new survey that reverses the position of the previous survey, saying that in moderation, uh, both wine and chocolate are excellent. Yeah, but have system. you ever had somebody go, whoops, wait a minute, I haven't had my three glasses of wine yet today for the unyielding health benefits of moderate drinking. No. That just doesn't happen. Right. You know, and that's really, I think, a really good example of the news over the last week and how they were trying so hard, you know, to say, hey, this matters, this is significant, and it was like, you know what? No. And <laughs> um, classic example of this, of course, is mm-hmm. the Trump indictment. Yes. Uh, big old nothing burger. With cheese, folks. Medium rare. So many of my my, my progressive friends, my liberal friends, my crew uh-huh. tried to convince me, no, 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 this is significant. Trump could do 100 years. You know what? No. <laughs> no. Nothing. Good day, sir. All right. This is a pissing contest between him and Manhattan District Attorney uh, Alvin Bragg, I believe is the guy's name. Yes, yes. A big nothing. I mean, this is a guy who supposedly committed atrocities on top of atrocities, mm-hmm. and this is what you get him for? Because he paid off a, a, a porn actress? Yeah. Really? You know, and some people tried to say, no, 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 this parallels, you know, getting Al Capone, you know, for the, for the income tax evasion. No. No, it doesn't. No. And you can't equate Trump to Al Capone. I'm sorry. No. Great big nothing burger. And we're all going to have to take a bite. You know? Yep. And it was one of a series of nothing burgers this week. Give you another example. The whole controversy uh, about the uh, the LSU uh, Bayou Barbie uh-huh. girl, uh-huh. I think uh, they tie uh, forward Angel Angel Reese. Yes, uh, she got into it with like, apparently Iowa star point guard Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was just two elite athletes being extremely competitive. Yeah, that's all that was. There was nothing more than that. I don't care what you try and spin it into. 
That's all it was. But I, I'll tell you what, as I was you know, watching that, and I think I was the one that initially brought it to your attention, because yeah. there seemed to be a, a series of these things happening in women's college basketball yeah, this year. a little year. competitive. But it's like, honestly, and I never, you know, listeners of the show will attest to this, I never pulled a race card, ever. No. However, in this case... It was total racism because this girl from Iowa, the, the, the was, fervor over it. Right. Was, yeah, I, I mean, I, she was doing the, uh, the the Cena John Cena wrestling yeah. trash talk sign, and as she was winning games, and then when she lost, this other girl Reese picked it up and she was doing it. You know, to the victor go the spoils. Elite athletes talk shit. They right. they they right. they, they taunt each other. It's called gamesmanship. And that's what you can do when you win. Yeah. You earn the right to talk shit, which she did. Yeah. But I can guarantee you that if the shoe was on the other foot, or it had been on the other foot, I'm sure they beat some very nice girls on those other teams as I was working their way up to the brackets. Yep. Nobody stopped to say, that's really not in, in the true spirit of yeah. collegiate sports. Yeah, and, yeah. So, yeah, Great Big Nothing Burger, part two. Yep. Uh, part three of the Nothing Burger of the Week. Um, I'm sure you've heard the name Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> and the big old Bud Light backlash. Yes. That, to me, initially, and you and I discussed this to an extent this week, the whole Instagram thing with the Bud Light thing, that yeah. was a big old nothing burger. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see Kid Rock being an Instagram follower <laughs> of Dylan Mulvaney. I just don't see it. Right. You know, so somebody somewhere... Grabbed a hold of that, that whatever you want to call it, plug, uh-huh. uh, and got it to somebody who was going to be offended by it, and, you know... Voila. Yeah, bang, yeah. boom. Yeah, because you don't need to be like Gene Roddenberry to figure out that this is going to offend... This is going to piss some people like off. Like 50% of the client base for Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, yeah. but apparently Anheuser-Busch doesn't care, yeah. and their parent company, you know, who does $50 billion worth of booze business every year... They don't care either. Yep. But coming right on the heels of that. <laughs> but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more, <laughs> folks. The Nike sports bra thing. Yeah. And I got to admit, that gave me a moment of pause. Huh. It really For did. For someone as enlightened as yourself. I mean, while this is happening, folks, yeah, you can see like light dawning on, on Marble Head and Michael over here. I was busy gnawing through a log like, like a beaver. <laughs> Or, or, or a guy in a Civil War getting his leg cut off. Yeah, yeah. You were kind of a bull in a china shop on that I, one. I kind of had a, a breakdown were, this week You with were this bouncing around the room. And, and the whole time, <laughs> I was reassuring Johnny that the Instagram thing was nothing. It was nothing. And then the, then the Nike thing drops. And, and I got to admit, I went through a range of reactions to this. Uh, my initial reaction, of course, was that this was a totally tone-deaf move yep. on the part of Nike. Very, very poor timing. And I will cop to the fact that my next emotional reaction, I guess you could say, was this is inauthentic. Right. You know, um, you know we've heard all the hoopla about you know, Hollywood being taken a task for having straight actors play gay parts mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. The Hollywood whitewashing. Yeah, and that's it it I admit it. It struck me as inauthentic. Mm-hmm. It really did to have a trans woman modeling and promoting a product that's meant for right. women. And 
you know, of course, and you and I discussed this, you know, the reaction from my progressive friends would be, but Dylan is a woman. Okay, fine. But the next reaction was pandering. Yes. And I, I really, that was one I didn't dissuade myself from. I didn't talk myself out of that one. This is, this is some serious pandering. Yeah. Well, you know, here's where the, the, the spark meets the flint, or the spark jumps off the flint. Yeah. It's one thing for, you know, the Bud-like thing to go down a, as it did, yeah. okay? And, yes, these aren't mass-produced cans with her image. It was, like, custom-made, sent to her. Yeah. And, you know, she's been in the news enough with her interview of, of Joe Biden yeah. and her commentary on, you know, all the different social media outlets. Yeah. That she's enough of a celebrity in the internet sense that, okay, they paid attention, they sent her a little thing. Doesn't infuriate me. It it, it bothers me because it is short sighted. Yeah. Um, but not to the extent where I'm gonna, you know, shoot up bottles of booze. Let's, let's be realistic yeah. here. Are you are you gonna go out now and get like store dummies and put sports yeah. bras on them and, and take them out with AR-15s? Well, here here's the thing. I mean, like I said, here's where the spark is, because already. There's these these ongoing debates with uh, transgendered women yeah. competing as women in sports yeah. when they've got the biological advantages obviously. of men. Okay? Obviously. And even the current administration is really not sure which tact they're going to take on this. They're going yeah. through it very slowly. That ain't no woman. It's a man, man. So... If the Bud Light thing wasn't bad enough, okay, they decided that Nike dipped their toes into the broader aspect of this debate now yeah. and put bras on someone with no breasts, okay? And many, the, the female athletes had, had tweeted out, you know, sports bras, it's not a joke, okay? And we're not cartoons. These are for women to give them the support, you know, so they can compete and be safe and comfortable. Yeah. Putting it on somebody who's literally built like a 10-year-old boy is an insult to women, okay? And the women are starting to say now, please don't make a caricature out of us. Well, it just, yeah, it seemed like a deliberate effort on the part of Nike to create controversy. Yes. It seemed like a deliberate effort on their part to dive into the fray, throw gas on the fire. In the vein of, you know, look, they jumped in bed with Colin Kaepernick the same way. They didn't care who they pissed off, okay? Yeah. They're doing the same thing now. But what's different now is, and let me see if I can actually pull this quote, because this was from Nike okay. on the media outlets addressing their customers, okay? Right. Uh, yes, they had um, added a comment under several of their own recent Instagram posts across all their accounts, yep. basically stating, and quote, Hate speech, bullying, or other behaviors that are not in the spirit of a diverse and inclusive community will be deleted. So they are now not just promoting this, but they are are they think they're all powerful in that they can control the entire narrative and the discourse on this subject. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said they don't care. They don't care. You know, because they it, think they're that immune. Yeah, and it, it's. You know, in trying to figure out what exactly the goal was here, what exactly are they trying to do, they're not protecting, they're not liberating mm -hmm. anybody, you know? And, and to an extent, you know, you could, you could argue that maybe they're trying to normalize, but I think at the end of the day, what they're really doing is putting trans people in a line of fire. 
they're really, they really putting them in a very, very dangerous position. Yep. I mean, when you try and normalize things, the, the, the method isn't to jam it down people's throats. Right. You know, and, and now granted, you know, obviously the Nike promotion was put together, you know, long before the Bud Light thing came up. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just launch that kind of thing in three days. Correct. But at the same time, the Nike thing, much more so than the, the Bud Light thing, struck me as being completely tone deaf. Right. You know, I mean, bad idea doesn't even begin to encapsulate it. Well, here's another little fun tidbit with the whole Nike aspect of it. Yeah. They are days away from debuting a highly anticipated film. Oh, yeah. The, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck thing. Correct. With a cavalcade of stars. Yeah. Throwing up Nike's own genius. All right. They're producing a movie about their own genius of naming a sneaker way back when, yeah. after Michael Jordan. Never yeah. been done. Oh, it was obviously a huge success. Well, there you go. Way back when. That way was, back what, when. 30 years ago? Right. Now, here's the thing. This isn't 1985 when you had what to choose from. Chuck Taylor's, which I'm sorry, is the most uncomfortable shoe ever made. <laughs> all right? You had a, a Adidas, which is still considered either too ghetto or too European. Right. British Knights, which was just plain old ghetto. Yeah. Um, and maybe Pony or one of these other, you know, Puma, I think was in existence. Puma, yeah, they don't exist anymore, do they? They do more sportswear, not so much sneakers. Is but yeah, they're still actively in sportswear, thanks to LL Cool J wearing the Puma hats. Right, right. But it was a different day and age. Nike needs to like realize that it's now 2023, and brands like Under Armour are eating their lunch. Yeah. Message! Because it's not just about sticking a label on something. People don't drink Gatorade because it's delicious. Yeah. At its roots, there's a formula there that was developed by doctors to rehydrate athletes. Yep. And yeah, all the other drinks kind of mimic that same formula. Yeah. But some do it better and in different ways. And that could be said for any one of these other shoe manufacturers. Yeah. Nobody buys Nikes because they're the best athletic shoe anymore. They're the most stylish and they're the most expensive. The hip, cool, trendy thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's all Nike is at this point, is a hip, cool, trendy thing. Yeah. They don't serve a purpose as far as innovation or, you know, comfort or, yeah. you know. It's, it's a trendy thing. It's a brand. And yeah. people are into the, the brand loyalty, you know. They're walking on thin ice, like, because of, you know, and with that realization, yeah, people can make a lot of choices now. So to come out in this environment and say, okay, we're going to do this, and we're knowingly going to piss off 50% at least yeah. of our market, because they're not going to go anywhere. Well, yeah. are they? Are they really? Yeah. Well, you know, you hit on something with their market. And, you know, again, in just, just processing my reaction to this whole thing, it did occur to me that I'm no longer in Nike's target demographic. Neither you know, am I, I, sir. I can't, can't, <laughs> I can't even begin to, to remember the last time I bought anything that had anything to do with Nike. Yep. And, you know, I'm kind of past that point where, you know, my buying choices, my purchasing. You've, I've never even seen you wear sneakers. <laughs> Seriously, folks. He's, I, he's in a suit every day. Pretty much. I generally don't. I, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but, and, you know, I will, will openly admit that it's a tough adjustment to make when you realize that you're no longer the target demographic. Right. You know, I'm older. I'm a lot more careful with my discretionary cash than I was when I was in t- my 20s and 30s. Yep. Um, as hard as it is to believe, I'm a hell of a lot more sober now than I was back then. <laughs> I know that's a tough one. You should see the look Johnny's giving me across well, the no, table. Well, now I'm laughing right at now. myself because you're so much more adult than me. Because if you look <laughs> at my bedroom, I, I got two racks worth of Nike sneakers. 
just out of force of habit. Yeah. You know, I think I got a, a pair of K-Swiss in there somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's all Nike stuff. But I can easily, as a thoughtful adult, just say, eh, no more. Yeah. So I can, say, I can say no more Bud Light. And for me, for this situation, because I feel a certain way on it, that, that's my choice, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, you know, Anheuser-Busch and your eight different brands of beer, I'm done with you. Nike, I should have left with the Kaepernick thing, and I didn't, because I figured, you know what, maybe it's just something I'm not catching. But if, if their MO now is not going to be, you know, to nurture and take care of and help athletes perform, yeah. they're going to be about stunts. The unsung hero, God forbid, strike me dead if this happens. I, I might have to rely on people like Megan Rapinoe to even the playing field. <laughs> oh, wow. Seriously. Because how long do you think she's going to sit idly by now after trying to get equal pay for women? Yeah. Next step from that, naturally, is going to be equal pay for real women or why they shouldn't get paid the same as women since they're actually men. Well, this yeah, this just fuels the fire of the debate that involved J.K. Rowling that we talked yep. about a couple of weeks ago. And yep. yeah, that whole debate. And again, you know, I guess... It, a kind of a benefit that these are the kind of things that at the end of the day don't concern me so much as I'm not the consumer they're targeting. Right. But I can sit back and watch this whole thing unfold. Mm -hmm. And it's ugly. Yeah. You know? And, and I, I resent it because they're introducing it to my American society. And by my, it's, it's yours, it's all of our listeners. We got enough things to deal with right now with them just throwing this out into the, the, the conversation. Yeah. You know? Again, poor timing. Strike me as tone deaf. And, you know, I, I was actually thinking about this. You know, when they're sitting around a campfire tonight in the Ukraine, <laughs> strongly doubt they're discussing trans rights. You know, is he male? Is he female? Is she male? Is she female? I don't think they're talking about microaggressions. Probably not. When in the hell did we get so petty? Because we're just so soft. Is that what country. it is? Yes, we're so soft. Wow. I mean, other than China invading, I don't know, maybe, maybe Godzilla needs to wade ashore and wreak havoc on New York City. Something to jolt us out of this apathy of, of this coffee clutch concern of the day mentality. And what's up with all this pent-up fury about everything? You know? That's probably still post-COVID crap. You think that's what uh, yeah, that is? Yeah, I, I think so. But again, you know, you touched on an, an important thing. It's like they're, they're sacrificing people with these genuine, you know, whether... I agree with it or not. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But there are people that are struggling with this gender identity, okay? Yeah. And rather than getting them the help or trying to promote some rational understanding of their condition, you're making them into targets. Yeah. Look what they're doing to the poor drag queens. You yeah. know, are, yeah. are, are they going to just you know, not stop with this now until the drag queens are getting beat up in the streets again? Yeah. Because they don't even have a horse in this race, yeah. you know? Yeah, there's lots of people like me that don't find men in drag entertaining. It just misses me. But that's okay, because yeah. to each his own. Mm -hmm. You don't hear me, like, hunting down the drag queens. That should be outlawed. Harumph! 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 I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Give the governor harumph. Harumph! You watch your ass. But it's just like, you know, they're creating future problems where... We really, as a society, we really can't take much more of this. Well, I, yeah, you just hit on it. Is not a, not future problems. They're creating problems right now. Yeah, now. You know, they're putting these people in the line of fire. Right. You know, again, if you if you're truly trying to normalize this shit, cramming it down people's throats is not the way to go about doing it. You think we would have learned that by now? You'd think. You know, sometimes you're not going to change people's minds 
And that's fine. And like I always say, people need to also remember there's a big difference between acceptance and tolerance. Okay? Absolutely. By Absolutely. law, I can tolerate something because it's the law. And hopefully yeah. in most cases, it's the decent thing to do. Yeah. But don't tell me, Nike, that I need to accept anything. Well, you know, it's funny because I, one of the things I was thinking about was how naive I've been about certain things over the years. When Barack Obama got elected to the Oval Office in 2008, I thought to myself, like a lot of people did, that we finally got past this discrimination against yep. black people. And God forbid I use the wrong term, whether it's black or African American or, geez, I'm sure I pissed somebody off, yep. you know? Yep. And by the way, take your victim card, shove it up your ass. Just a little <laughs> side note from Michael Sean Lee. But clearly I was wrong about that, you know? And, and my point is it takes damn near generations, you know, to wrap your brain around these things, to normalize these things. Yeah, not and, a week. And what's going on, you know, with the trans community is striking me as too much, too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very, very much so. You know, and kind of like the letter that, that that group of people sent to all the people developing AI technology right now to hold on, slow right. down, right. hit the brakes. You know, this is, again, too much, too fast. We're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's the situation. That's what it has evolved to with the trans community. And I question whether all the activists, you know, who are bound and determined to make this the new civil rights issue really give a shit at the end of the day about the trans community. They don't. And whether it's more about them doing something. Right. You know? Now I got this song stuck in my head. Okay. What the hell? Slow down. You move too fast. <laughs> you got to make the moment last. Simon and Garfunkel. Thank vintage, you. Vintage, classic, classic Simon and Garfunkel. And speaking of classic tunes, it is mercifully time for the oh, Jam. Oh, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I think we got a good job. I'm really, really happy with the gems we got today. They're, I, I they're really good. Am. They match. I really am. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this is one of those rare transitional gems that I think applies to a great degree with both our main topic and our subtopic of the day. Yep. Uh, this is an absolute classic uh, and vintage 1970s soundtrack wallpaper stuff. This is The Runaways doing Cherry Bomb. And it's an outstanding tune. Enjoy it, folks. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a fun one, isn't it? I loved it in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes. There and we at go. that point, I was new to the whole the Runaways scene. Yeah. All right. And uh, it, it rocks, and it's about chick empowerment, and it's like, just, just get out of my way before I whip you with my bra strap. Absolutely. I will kick your ass <laughs> sideways. Right? Nice. That, of course, was the debut single from the self-titled Runaways 1976 release. And the uh, song was written by Joan Jett and Runaways uh, then-manager Kim Fowley, who has since been accused of everything short of cannibalism. Um, but yes, like you just mentioned, the song got resurrected courtesy of Guardians of the Galaxy, the soundtrack. And, uh, you know, it is absolutely like 70s soundtrack wallpaper. It's even you hard know? to believe that came out in 76. I know. I feel ancient right I now. I know. The bicentennial. <laughs> oh, Oof. I know. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, good fun and just like... I love that production, uh-huh. you know, that just so just feels 1970s. Yeah, you know? the hot stage lights haloing around the performers yep, and yep, they're all yep. close together because obviously it's being filmed. And, yep, yep. And just, like, you know, you and I have spoken about previously, you know, the story of what the Runaways went through as yep. they were touring, notoriously just booed off the stage, had literally rotten food thrown at thrown them out. as they're yelling at them, calling them whores and sluts and everything else. Well, it's funny, it like from, from our, you know, modern uh, enlightened standpoint, the idea that chicks rocking was so foreign back then, Completely. you know, and yeah. it made people feel insecure and they took a front to it, you know, and it, it just, it's so hard for us at this point in time to understand looking back on it, but that was part of the whole Runaways experience. Yeah. And that's what made those chicks warriors, just absolute warriors. You that's know? it. They were tough, tough broads. Which yes, they were. leads into our next segment. Oh. Because again, you know, touching on the first part, we, we have a great love of women. Absolutely. In this studio, certainly. Yep. Uh, and, and respect. And, and respect and real women. Let's just you know, throw that in you know, air quotes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I've, um, I'm fortunate... And this really, it, it touches on what you said earlier, right? It takes generations for things to change. And, it does. And for different, um, well, really, even sexes as far as ethnicities and religions to be seen in a proper light. Yeah. I'm very fortunate my entire life to always have been on an equal playing field with women, both in school yep. and then out in the workplace yep. and, 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 and hereafter. I mean, they've been my best competitors. You know, oh, I've yeah. learned from them. I had so many talented women teach me um, you know my business through the years oh, yeah well from a from a Southern California standpoint you know I went out there when I was just 18 and, mm-hmm. you know in retrospect very young didn't think I was young at the time but you know the whole Southern California experience you know with the whole uh, musician band thing I did you know seeing girls on stage that just rocked yeah. and you know even from a surfer perspective you know seeing girls paddling out you know and, and riding waves with the guys, it was just like, yeah, they can do they can do whatever they want to do. Yep. You know, all they needed was a chance, and there yeah. was a lot of trailblazers along the way. So, yes. if we could, we're gonna like downshift into this next segment, known as the toughest broads of all time. You're out of shape. I'll kick your ass. Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the time. Nice, nice. Right? So important, I had to give it a jingle. You gotta, you gotta only do the, it. Only the best skits get a jingle. This People is true. know that. This they is true. And yes, it is, you know, the, the toughest broads ever. And I say broad as a term of endearment, <laughs> I really do. I'm ducking rocks now, Johnny. Right? 
Hey. They're going to miss you and hit me, shit. Broads or <laughs> are, are tender women, they're like our moms. They make a great pie, and, oh, yeah. and they're there well, for you to hug them. Yeah, let me throw <laughs> out, you know, let me apologize ahead of time when I slip into my surfer slang and refer to them as chicks, you know. But, again, don't be so petty. Get off your victim trip, you right. know. This is just respect. Well, really, if they don't like it, there's plenty of other podcasts for them to listen to. This How about that? True. How about yeah. that? There you go. We'll get more of that in later. But for yeah, right sure. now, yes. uh, would you like to start, sir? Because we each have our top three. Yes. You might as well go first, because as usual, you've got a Santa's list of honorable mentions. You know, yeah. And of he course, can't keep it to three, folks. <laughs> he can't. That was a challenge, I got to say. Uh, and yes, we are going to go with the badass ladies of all time. And yes, I did use the term ladies. I don't know if you heard about this, but this like... There was some controversy in in Boston or in the Boston area just recently. Some poor bastard that was going up for a superintendent job at schools <laughs> accidentally, or I don't know, maybe not accidentally, used the term ladies, and he was nailed with accusations of microaggression. Yeah. It was just like, really? Really, people? Must we be so freaking petty? I came, I came this close to using my gratuitous F-bomb <laughs> of the day. I'm holding back. I'm going to save it for later. But uh, yes, <laughs> yes, the, the, the badass ladies of all time. And what Johnny was referring to, of course, was my honorable mention list. Uh, aside from the top three, you know, props and credit to Rosa Parks, Joan of Arc, Janet Reno, the first, uh, of course, female attorney general in U.S. history, Billie Jean King, who we both just have utmost respect for, Althea Gibson, Amelia Earhart, mm -hmm. wonderful lady. Um, you know, the list, it, it, it is tough to narrow it down to three. Sure, it goes on sure. and on. But, uh, but I am going to introduce my first of the three. Okay. When you said badass ladies, yes, ladies, eat it. <laughs> uh, when you said badass ladies, the first, first woman that came to mind, of course, was Pam Greer. Excellent choice. Quentin Tarantino, pardon me, said she was literally the first female action star uh, of course, we're talking about 1974 Foxy Brown. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just just badass, upside down, backwards and sideways. Right. Pam Greer. Yeah, and especially you know, coming from a period in film known as black exploitation. Yep. Rose, this woman that, in spite of everybody else's best intentions, came out as a role model. Yep. You know, a, a, a somewhat at times tongue in cheek role model, but a role model nonetheless. Indeed. Because here was a woman that didn't take any crap. She yeah. was a black woman that didn't take any crap. Yeah. And people loved it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, excellent choice. Thank you, sir. What do you got, Johnny? Well, I'm going to start gently at my number three. Okay. Because, yeah, a lot of this is also subject to revisionist history. Uh, so, my, my number three easily came in at. Uh, Miss Calamity Jane. All right. Of Wild West fame. Very you nice. Know? And it's because she broke the mold of the dirty, dusty cowboy that would draw down on you for, you know, spilling his whiskey. Yep. Now, and I say historical revisions because she's been painted in a much more demure light as time has gone on. Right. Um, including the TV show uh, Deadwood, where she was one of the main characters. Okay. More of a sympathetic character than the the boisterous, you know, hellraiser that she was made out to be. Right, right. But still, for somebody for that time, you know, after all this time, to have that legend endure... Yes. Uh, Speaks volumes. ...says a lot. So there has to be... Again, I'm going to smoke this fire. So there has to be truth to this that after all this time, she's still considered one of the original American badasses. Yeah, man. Yeah, truth. Nice. All right. Um, obviously, my selections reflect, you know, my history working in the entertainment industry and whatnot... And musicians and whatnot. 
obviously that leads to my number two choice, Joan Jett. Yeah. Uh, who earlier <laughs> referenced with the Runaways. Yep. Uh, her career through the Blackhearts, her solo career. Just a badass woman on guitar. Yeah. Just just don't even mess and with And don't her. forget, she bridged off into acting. Yes, she, she did. She was, I believe, a recurring character on the syndicated uh, Highlander TV series. Really? Yep. I missed that. Nice. And uh, just, I mean, yeah, the, she's one of those people that just demands attention. So whether it's on stage singing a song or rocking out or on a small screen, you're yep. just, your attention goes directly to her. Oh, yeah, just perseverance. Right. You know, it's, it, again, and like we were talking about earlier, it's hard from our perspective now in the 21st century to understand what she went through in the 70s as a groundbreaker with the Runaways. You know, the idea that, like, chicks who rocked, Chicks who would pick up a guitar and yep. cut you in half with it was just foreign back then. But and you hit the nail it. on the head with the perseverance because, as the story goes, her mother bought her her first guitar from a thrift shop because she wouldn't leave her alone. <laughs> and it was just like nice. every day, I want a guitar, I want a guitar, I want a guitar. Yep. Yep. And her parents gave her the guitar and then like never saw her again. She would just sit there all day, you know, with that old cliche playing as this guitar till her fingers bled, yep, yep. but it's that single-mindedness that whenever you in encounter that, it's always a recipe for success. Yeah, a badass rocker chick who had just laser focus yep. on what she wanted and what she was going to do, and she did it. Yep, and, you know? and you know, in, in control of her own sexuality, Yep. which today, I guess the, uh, the question still persists, straight, gay, does it matter? None of your, <laughs> exactly. none of your fucking business. Not even a factor. And there's my gratuitous F bomb for the day. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Feel better now? I do. All right. I, I really do. I feel relieved. <laughs> what do you got, Johnny? What's your number two? Well, talk about a radical shifting of gears. Okay. Well, as everybody knows, I'm a big grown up boy yeah. and a fan of professional wrestling. <laughs> so I had to go with uh, a lady who's uh, Nam de Guerre, yeah. was the fabulous Moolah. Nice. Who actually started as a valet with, uh, I believe it was Gorgeous George. Okay. We're going way back to the early 50s now. Wow. And she found her niche as really, for the longest time, the only female wrestler. Like these other ones would come up just to challenge her and then yeah. one off and disappear. Yeah. I mean, there was a handful. But Fabulous Moolah continued to be active into the 2000s. Wow. They would bring her on Monday Night Raw and she would get thrown to a table, her and her friend Mae Young. <laughs> and it was just like they were taking the same bumps as the other boys in the locker room. Damn. And they were just like astounded. Yeah. Now, a funny thing happened, though. They decided to have the first uh, inaugural Battle Royal at WrestleMania featuring just all these now female wrestlers they had. Okay. And initially, they called it the Fabulous Moolah, you know, Memorial Battle nice. Royal. Nice, nice. Well, within a week, that yeah. got shot to hell because oh. allegations surfaced of her actually kind of pimping out the other female wrestlers oh, back in the day. No. Yeah. Oh, no. And there was an episode of uh, Behind the, the, the Ring, I think it's called, on Vice, where okay. they said... You know, she owned this ranch with, like, these little houses. And the really? girls lived there, right. And she was a madam? Yes, more or less. And wow. even when they would go out on tour and do the thing, they had to give her, like, 30% of their take. And <laughs> it was bad. No. It was a bad, bad scene. Wow. So, yeah, so that got yanked. And they never did the Battle Royal for them that way again. Damn. But uh, the fact remains, regardless, yeah. you would have had to have been a tough, broad, even dealing back then with... Vince McMahon, or his yeah. father, you know, the, the elder McMahon, plus all of these independent 
wrestling promotions around the country, right? Many of which, you know, here's my f bomb, were shady as fuck, right? <laughs> okay, right. Whether yeah. it's Bill Watts or the uh, you know Gordon Soley's thing down there, or the the Gagne's up in up in Minnesota, yeah. It's just it's it's a man's business because it is rough and tumble. Yeah. But she stuck with him, like I'm saying, into her 70s. She wow. was still wrestling on TV. Damn. Just damn, right? I have a hard time <laughs> getting up in the morning and, and taking a poop. This was jumping off the top <laughs> rope through a table. Are you kidding me? Jesus. So she was my number two. Gee, I, and very understandable. <laughs> very understandable. Wow. All right. Uh, busting my number one here. All right. And, you know. Given my honorable mentions list, this was a very hard uh, conclusion to come to. But after great thought and great reverence and respect, mm-hmm. I've decided that my number one is going to be the immortal Lady Day, Billie Holiday. And originally, I was like, really? Where'd you come out with that? Share with the folks because it makes perfect sense. The background, if you know Lady Day and what she overcame, uh, was just Ridiculous. I mean, amongst other things, she was a target of J. Edgar Hoover's uh, FBI mm-hmm. and drug sting operations back in the day. I mean, they came at Billy from all directions, and she persevered and persevered. I mean, we're talking about a woman who unfortunately did die of cirrhosis of the liver at a very, very early age. I think she was barely out of her 40s. Wow. But her impact in that short period of time is just immeasurable. Um, more than one person has said she changed jazz forever. Mm-hmm. But quite honestly, what it came down to me, what it came down to was the fact that she had the unmitigated uh, courage to go on stage at the time that she existed and sing the song Strange Fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know the song and you know what the song's about, I mean, that just took... And for I those mean, who don't... Strange Fruit... Uh, referenced the strange fruit growing from the trees in the South, I believe specifically in places like Georgia. Uh, it was a metaphor for lynching uh, black people. Right. And the fact that she, like I said, had just the unmitigated balls, mm-hmm. courage to go on stage at the time that she performed and sing that song is just, it, it's... It's impossible even to wrap my brain around what that took, the courage that that took. Right. And, uh, and she carved her niche in uh, jazz history. I don't know what more a person could do, basically make themselves immortal, mm. you know, and that was Billie Holiday. Yeah. You know, and everybody that came after her, I mean, God, Frank Sinatra, of all people, said that she taught him phrasing, right. you know? I mean, Frank was just, you know... Uh, one of the all-time best crooners, and for him to give credit to Billie Holiday for teaching him speaks volumes about Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting all verklempt here, John. Jesus, I'm getting no, all emotional it was a shit. a good choice. But, uh, but yeah, Billie Holiday, yeah. badass, badass lady. Because nothing speaks truth like when you take a risk and you've got a dog in the race, and she was far from immune to any kind of blowback from that. Sadly, like you mentioned, whether it be from her own government or, you know, those those forces in Georgia. We don't have to even name them. Yeah. But, you know, she was not safe do, doing these things. No. And that's the definition in my book of a hero. Yeah. When you've got a dog in the race and you're sticking it out there on the line. Yeah. You know, those are the people that I listen to, not somebody leading from the rear and, and making observations. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I don't know, Alec Baldwin or... <laughs> 
you know, people like that. God forbid we get an episode in where Johnny didn't right? take a shot at Alec Baldwin. I but, made that happen. But and I, uh, won't, I won't even soil my number one choice with, <laughs> with thoughts of him. Nice. Now, my number one choice, uh, I went way back. All right. Um, and I'll give you a tip of the hat to all the ladies that you mentioned, because, yeah, damn. Uh, I went with Harriet Tubman. Nice. And since I was a little kid, one of the first biographies I ever read was about her. Okay. And for a kid with a vivid imagination and a love of all things, to this day, you know, of the Civil War period and that that age of development in our country, I mean, talk about risking it all. Yeah. Just constantly going back and going back and going back and, you know, being the main arbiter of the Underground Railroad and all the lives that she saved all at a constant, constant risk to herself. Yeah. And this is after, you know, she had grown up a slave, was hit. I, 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 I'm sorry, I forget. Either she was hit with something in the head or a horse had kicked her in the head. Yeah. And she survived that, okay, yeah. when most people just would have gotten killed, right? right? Right, I mean, talk about double tough. And it, it's almost a lament because currently there are a couple TV series and, uh, like, streaming movies where they really glorify her and and run away with the truth and exaggerate things. Yep. This is a, a tale of a true life heroine that needs no embellishment. Yeah. None, okay? Yeah. Because they gladly would have killed her on sight to make an example out of her. Yep. And she kept going back to get more people. Wow. Like literally one of her, you know, nicknames was a modern day Moses. That's yeah. what she did. She went yeah. back to save people from bondage and in a society that just that inflates people and puts them on these, you know, we had joked with each other that, you know, ironically, there was no sports figures on our list. Right. And it's not that we don't admire their accomplishments, but to both of those, those are not heroes, okay? Because yeah. they're getting paid to play a game, and, yeah, they could, at best, be good role models for kids yep. when they discuss their struggle. But... Yeah, looking at everything that's going on with women's sports these days and there's this anger and confrontation, <laughs> yeah. maybe they're not the ones we should be looking at. Yeah. Maybe we need to reach back to all of the aforementioned women right. and say, you know what, tip of the hat, drinks on me. You know, oh, yeah. Thank you for setting a, a, a good example that stands the test of time. Yep. Setting the bar way high. Way, way high. high. I mean, they're not going to be tearing down any Billie Holiday statues or, or Harriet Tubman statues anytime soon. Yeah. Because their compliments are infallible. It's true. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, when you risk your life, as opposed to just risking your reputation right. or your comfort or whatever, when you put your life out there, yep. that just speaks volumes. Are you speaking directly to Alec Baldwin now? Or just, <laughs> oh, Jesus, with the Alec Baldwin here. <laughs> I just want to know if his podcast is still on the air. I don't think it is. Uh, I will do a jig on his microphone if that's oh, the case. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> So yeah, so that, folks, was our, our subtopic. Yeah. And yes, of course, we've got another amazing gem coming Of course coming up. we do. What do you got, Michael? Because that's what we do. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, this is a woman that I've always had a great degree of respect for, despite all the controversy around her. Um, you know, you want to talk about a chick with balls. We're talking about Courtney Love. There you go. Yeah. And uh, this is one of my favorite, favorite whole tunes. Uh, this is a song from... Uh, from Celebrity Skin, the final album from Hole. This is a song called Awful. And it's not. It's amazing. But here we go. Enjoy the tune, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with a wrap-up.
a song that just sounds so much better at the highest possible volume you can put it at. <laughs> I was not familiar with that song. I thought when you first said Hole in our testing phase that you were going to go with yes. something more predictable. Interesting. Rather Interesting. than that, but I like well, that Well, if song. I can throw Johnny T a curveball on any given episode, I feel like I've done my job. There I feel you go. like I've earned my stratospheric <laughs> salary for the day. And it does bear mentioning that we had a lot of really good contenders for that the was, That week. was a difficult, difficult call. It truly was. Yep. Truly was. Uh, that was, of course, the third and final single from the third studio album from Hole, Celebrity Skin. Yep. Uh, that was their last album before the band imploded in 2002. And uh, it's kind of funny. California was the theme uh, that Courtney decided on going into that album uh, as a metaphor for the American dream. And... Uh, a lot of interesting contributors to that album. Billy Corrigan among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go-Go's guitarist Charlotte Caffrey. Uh, Caffey, I should say, was one of them. Um, a great album. And uh, really impressed. And like I said, I've always had a, 
I don't know, kind of a begrudging respect for Courtney Love. She took a lot of shit back she in did. the day. Yeah. And uh, she was a master media manipulator and not always the most redeemable character. Right. But uh, but credit <laughs> but where credit... But that's what makes her redeemable. There we go. Those tragic flaws. Credit where credit is due. Yep. So wherever, uh, wherever you are today, Courtney, I hope you're well. And uh, thank you. That is a song that I, to this day, I still love. All right. So what do well, we got? Uh, what's going on in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Well, uh, we made some changes. Uh, probably long time coming. Okay. Uh, I've pulled the plug with our association with the good folks at Spotify. Oh, I detect a note of sarcasm there. Well, it's kind of like they're so caught up uh, humping for favor at BMG. Is that what it is? Yeah, Ooh. I think because it's I've I've gotten a couple notices and I hadn't gotten any from them in a while. Okay, but here and there they would like to send me notices that uh, you're using third party material without proper licensing. And what in the hell does that mean? Shinola. Well, it means I'm using uh, music without paying royalties. Oh, which lies. Oh, lies. Is not the case, you know, because this is. Our podcast, but it's still aired originally on Big Boom Radio, right? Which has an arrangement with our host that we pay our ASCAP fees on everything. Okay, and there we go to the point where, like, not for nothing, because we're ad free now. Mm. We don't need, if you want to follow the letter of the law, yes. to be paying anybody for anything because it's nonprofit. Feel a gratuitous f bomb coming up here in respect to Spotify, but I'm going to hold back because okay. I'm sure okay. their lawyers are much better than mine. Oh lord. Uh, and surely they won't miss another lowly amateur esque podcast oh, such as ours. Little do they know. <laughs> so yes, uh, I, I bid you adieu, Spotify. Good luck. Thanks for all the fish, and we'll stick with the people that treat us right. Here we go. Which yeah, you know, talk about a Santa's list is every other outlet on the planet <laughs> that has podcasts. No exaggeration. <laughs> iTunes seems to love us. The Google Podcast app, they seem to love us. All right. Pandora loves us. It's just like, look, whatever Spotify's yes. issue is, uh, uh, right. I think shove off, like, yeah, sayonara. Yeah. Insert obscene gesture here. <laughs> Thank you, Spotify. Don't need you. Yeah. Right? So that's, there's that. Nice to see you. Wouldn't want to be you. Yep. All right. And I, I continue to uh, both update our catalog for various episodes of the Classic Rock Showcase. All right. As well as address a troubling trend of episodes disappearing. You know. Seriously. Let's hear it for technology on this one. It's, it's getting a little scary. And, uh, you know, the latest one I saw, as I told you earlier today, both Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Kiss That's on the Classic Rock Showcase. a little distressing. Gone, right? Yeah. I found Sublime on another computer, so I'm like, all right, good thing I thought to diversify. Okay. But let me tell you something. If my giant main side drive of four terabytes decides to shit the bed, Yikes. we're screwed. Oh, boy. So probably one day this weekend, I'm going to spend some time just set it up, drag and drop, and let that sucker go. Nice. Because, you, yeah, you can't store your stuff Enough these days, right? As the saying is, you know, Jesus saves, and so do I. There's a metaphor for life right there. <laughs> and on that note, yes, happy Easter. Yes, uh, happy spring. I I love this time of the year. It's rebirth. It's you know the whole nine yards. Flowers blooming, and yeah. uh, the Red Sox are back on the field. Yeah. You know, uh, we have high hopes for the Mets this year. Obviously, Oof. yeah, I think it's just not. Celebrate and break their leg. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here. Indeed. I'm looking forward to this giant crab apple tree in my front lawn blooming 
which for a day or two is gorgeous. It okay. rivals anything on the cherry trees you'll see on the Washington uh, you know, Plaza. Nice. And, until that stops, and then you've got a bazillion tiny squishy apples all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somehow, it's, it's almost like they get in the house somehow. There's squishy little apples oh, everywhere. It's crazy, isn't it? And the worst part is you can't even make liquor out of them that I'm aware of. Bastards, so. I know. Yeah, all it is is just more landscaping and maintenance. Uh. So, yeah, so there's that, mm. and that's all that matters. So for everybody out there, thank you, as always, for listening. Enjoy your Easter. Spend it with the people you care about. A little shout-out to our folks in Brussels. Yes, and we should say <laughs> that uh, based on the latest reports, yes. our number one listenership in Europe is the city of Brussels. Nice. Isn't that beautiful, Adam? It's a wonderful thing. And next in line, you know, not to be outdone, is Dublin, which has okay. always been like right up there. My brother's in Dublin. Nice. There you go. And then it's a cacophony. You know, Paris, Madrid, yes. um, London, Edinburgh. Uh, Edinburgh, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, so it's it's a nice little just splash of everything all over the place. Nice. To our so, brothers and sisters in Edinburgh, hello. Yeah. yeah, and of course, everybody here in the United States, love you guys. Uh-huh. Looking at you, Midwest. We'll get there. <laughs> Hang in there. Indeed. All right, so without uh, any other claptrap, thank you again for joining us. I am, as always, Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.